Come on, put your hands together once again for this wonderful team from Chi Alpha. We're always blessed to have, we're always blessed to see these young folks who come here and who teach and who, who encourage us. And I'm so thankful to have this ministry here. One of the things that I understand from Chi Alpha is that, you know, whenever you send your kids to any university, you should always know that in most of our universities around uh, not just Texas here, but around America, we have Chi Alpha presence. And also, Chi Alpha ministries are not just limited to America, but they have missionaries traveling outside of America in different universities outside, and they do a great work outside and uh, uh, reaching out to these young ones in every given situation. I pray that may the Lord continue to bless your work, and as you are marching, as you are moving forward, raising finances and support, may the Lord continue to bless you. He is the greatest support. And if he is on your side, he will open doors. And I pray if anybody is led to contribute to them and support them, please meet with, um, you know, Roy Uncle and uh, you, can, you can get in touch with that. But as we go forward into our service today, real quick into the, the, the sermon that the Lord has given to me. And as we go into that, y'all doing okay here? Yes, can I hear an amen? amen? Oh, can I hear an amen? Come on, people. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3. You can get your Bibles and uh, if it is on the screen, you can look at there. Or if you have your iPads or your phones, you can scroll up and down and get to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, 2, 3. And we are continuing from the series we started two weeks ago, One Small Step, One Small Step. By the way, yesterday we had a wonderful vision night here. Honestly, I was just thinking of present, making a presentation for 30 minutes, but didn't even know how time went away as I was sharing. And a lot of our leaders uh, from different areas of our church ministry as they were sharing sharing. How many of you were here yesterday and were blessed about it? Come on. This was amazing, amazing, amazing time. As we get to see, we get to hear, we get to know. As we move forward, align with the vision. If not, you will stay behind. Let's go. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3. This is how it goes. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus here's where I want to camp for a moment fixing our eyes on Jesus how beautiful that itself is that just word word one sentence just fires me up because fixing our eyes on anybody else other than Jesus will always put us to shame will always discourage us but when we know that if we can put our our, our complete hope and trust and if we can completely fix our eyes onto Jesus there is nothing there's nothing that can ever put us to shame it is the love of Christ that takes us from one place to the other are you in a journey today if you are then you need to make sure that we fix our eyes with Jesus Christ yeah. onto him 
our Redeemer, our salvation. As we move forward, looking into the, and studying from the scripture, one of the things that we need to understand here is, verse 2 helps us to understand, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, that he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose your heart. Are there moments in your life that you have been through that you have grown weary and tired of the situation of the ongoing struggle and struggle? My word to you at that point, given situation, is that somehow, somewhere in the course of journey, you have just taken your eyes off Jesus. You've just taken your eyes off Jesus. When you have taken your eyes off Jesus, that's where you are standing on a sinking sand. You feel the entire world around you is collapsing because your eyes have been, you, you, you have lost focus from where you were and where you were heading on to. And as I camped out on this sermon series, one small step from where, where you and where you are heading to, it's just the action in your belief system that takes place. And if you take off your eyesight from Jesus, everything else looks tired, weary, and you feel like there is no purpose of your life. I've seen a lot of people who come and say, what is the purpose of us doing this? That's simply because you have lost your focus. If you continue to focus on what you began your journey in, you will never grow tired. Because even in your tired situations and moments, that just gives you strength that I need to occupy more. I need to more, do more. I need to move forward. I need to do things. And this present day scenario will never tire me up. We, 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 we as a church, we need to understand. As families, we need to understand. What are those situations that has tired you in the recent days? You know, some people always, you know, tell me this one thing, you know, oh, I am very busy. busy. You know, can I tell you something? You might, when you say you are too busy, it simply means you're too busy for me. That I am not in your list of priorities. And for me personally, I don't care if you're too busy for me. I don't care. But when you tell that I am too busy for church services, it simply means that you have lost your focus of Jesus. Who has at the first point given the job, given the wealth, given everything that we have in our life. We have just lost focus of it. And we claim that we are very busy. Everybody on planet is busy. The animals that you see in the jungle, they are busy doing what they want to do. Students are busy in, in, in doing the assignments. Work, working people, you are also, everybody is busy. But in your busy schedules, where do you have services? Where do you have Jesus on that list? Recently, somebody was telling me, Oh, Pastor, I'm busy. America, I'm busy. I understand, sister, you're busy. But somewhere in your busyness, you're just claiming, you're just mentioning that I have no time for you. I don't care if you have time for me or not. I am not claiming on that. But do you really have time for Jesus? Do you really have time for God and His presence? Seeking out His face. 
Are we missing out? That is something that builds us all together as a church, as a community, as a family, as individuals. That is something that is very vital in our faith that we need to give priority as we fix our eyes on the perfecter and the finisher of our race because he started off this journey. One small step that I came, fixing my eyes on my Savior and I follow him. I follow him. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last week when I was preaching, I wanted to mention three characters and I just stuck with David and I finished out there and I didn't mention about the experience of Hebron that most of you might need to have. And a lot of people reached out to me, Pastor, I need to work on my friendships and, and, and I pray that this will be a season when you work on your friendships and you come around people who support you, who will walk this journey with you, encouraging you. And all of us here, this is my word, even today as I preach, as I preach, all of us need some good shepherding friends around us who sustains, who helps us with their voices, with their words of encouragement around us. Are you with me? We need a support. As Joya was mentioning, you know, you found a friend in James. And together when you minister, I pray that your ministry will be effective. And all of us here gathered, everybody and everywhere you go, you need to have a good circle of friends who help you in your life. As we move forward for the next character that I have in my scriptures, I want to bring your attention to a Genesis chapter 11, verse 27 uh, through 32. Genesis chapter 11, verse 27 to 32. Let's read it together. If you have the scriptures, wherever it is, just go through. Genesis chapter 11, verse 27 to 28. We know it, it's a story of the life of Abraham. And as God is beginning his journey here, we, we come across this portion here. This is how it goes. This is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in the Ur of Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Verse 31 to 32, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. And together they set out from the Ur of Chaldeans to go to Canaan or Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years and he died in Haran. What I'm bringing your attention here is that when the Lord or when Terah decided that he will travel to point A to point B. From the Ur of Chaldeans, his point B, his destination was Canaan. His destination was Canaan. And Terah and his entire family, Abram and Sarah and, and Lot, the son of uh, Haran, and all of them are marching to go to Canaan. But when they came to this place, so-called place called Haran, what happened? They settled down there. Can I tell you something? This is just a funny story. My dad is, is, the, um, is the worst travel planner. He's not fun at all. He's not fun at all. He does not enjoy traveling. He does, I mean, what I'm saying, he does not enjoy sightseeing and going to different places. All he loves is you give him a pulpit and you give him a mic. He loves ministry. 
That's he love. And I, I love that part of him. But sometimes you got to have some fun too, right? My dad doesn't, you know, once we were all going to some place, you know, as a family vacation, I'm like, okay, this is the first time ever my family has decided to go to a vacation. I'm like, okay, mom is cooking. Your mom, you know, some of our mothers are like, they are really good to prepare all the meals that we have to prepare for our journey, right? Are there moms who want to do it? Or you'll just stop at any McDonald's here. No, we, I mean, some of our parents, you know, you want to prepare the chore and curry and and Anatoly and everything. You want to pack in LA and you want to keep everything. That's my mom. She wants, I'm like, mom, we are going for a vacation. Chill out, chill out. We will eat outside. We'll be cool, right? And so my mom and my dad, we're on this vacation, right? We are traveling and I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm driving. It was almost six hours. My dad is like, ooh, he's just sitting there. I'm the one who's driving. My dad is like, tired, tired. I'm like, dad, I'm driving. You're just sitting there. Tired I am. Okay, let's let's stop for a coffee break. All right. I mean, that is exciting. My dad is going to pay. We're all going to have some coffee and enjoy and chill out in this area. And we, we just stopped at one of the restaurants there. And we just hang out for some time. And while we were having coffee and, and we were stopping in this area, what I realized was all of a sudden I hear some snoring. I just went out to get coffee and I hear snoring. My dad is busy sleeping. And he wakes up after 30 minutes and he's like, let's turn around. Let's go back home. That's it. My vacation was driving six hours to this place where I've never been to very good. But we stopped and we turned around because my dad said, okay, that's it. Let's go back. Let's go back. But we were meant to go to some other tourist place. We were planning on, we were driving to go to Uti or Kodekinal at that point. I don't, I don't remember the place. But we were going and we were midway through. We were midway through. He's like, okay, I'm done. I am tired. Let's go back. I'm like, what? We were going there. We were going there. But now you want us to go back? And that is the story of most of us here. That is the story of, of this guy that we were talking about, Terah, in the Old Testament. He set out his journey to go to Canaan. But where did he stop? He stopped in Haran. And a lot of our families are still stuck in the life of Haran. Haran in Canaan. We have to march forward to reach Canaan. That's where the promise belongs. Not to just settle down in Iran. And maybe I am just thinking along the lines with Terah here. Maybe because he settled down in Haran was because his son's name was Haran. And he died and he was just captured in the, in the memory lanes of the death and demissal of his child. And he just settled down in Haran. And he just occupied in that place. But that was not the promise. Haran was the, not the promised area. The promised place that you were set out to was Canaan and not Haran. And a lot of us families today are still occupying places in Haran. Oh, come on. We want to grow big and do big and occupy and do great and in Haran. For me, I would say the world right now we are in is the Haran. And God does not want to occupy and be here. But so as ministers like you, as people who are going out and ministering outside, I pray that we are on this journey to get to Canaan. That is our hope. That is our blessed hope. To get to Canaan is our blessed hope. Christmas is usually the time when I talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ. And last year we did that and 
And again, with one small step, my message series, I want to gear it to work together towards the coming of Jesus Christ. Why do I share this? It's because if Jesus came the first time, as he was promised and prophesied, he is going to come back the second time. Haran is not the place. Canaan is the place. We are travelers. We are travelers. We are tra but what I like from when we go back to Hebrews, what I like about Hebrews is that it says it helps us to understand, you know, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith for the joy set before, before him. As we look to verse 1, we understand here, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us throw off everything. In this journey, a lot of our people, you know, sometimes what we do is, you know, when we get into every exit, we want to get something. Right? We want to get into every exit. We just want to spend five, maybe five minutes in that exit. But as we get into a gas station, you look at all the, I mean, I, I mean, whenever I travel with my son, Josiah, I mean, I want to keep his eyes closed when I take him to the restrooms because at every exit, you know, whenever we get into gas stations, he will find everything colorful. He's like, Dada, I want that. Boy, I just got you in the previous exit. No, even the next exit when we get out, Dada, I want that. I want this. And that's the attitude of a lot of our grown-ups too. In this life, we are just carrying everything. We were, if I could have more bags around me, we want to just carry around. We want to just carry around. We want to just carry around everything that we find. And all of this just adds baggages in your life. If, a, if When we look into Olympics or, or any of the race, when you see a runner who is ready to sprint, does he have a baggage? He does not have a baggage. What if you add some baggages on his shoulders? It will slow him down. He won't have it. He will try to get rid of all the extra fat is present in his body so that when he sprints, he sprints faster. And he gets to the destination where he is headed to. And right now in our journey today, all of us and most of us, I would say, we are carrying around things that was not meant for us to carry around. Leave that behind. And I love the word that as Paul is using in the scriptures here is that every sin that entangles you. That is powerful. That one word is so powerful because there are lives that we see that have been entangled by the sinful choices that you have made in your life. And all of these entangled lifestyles will never help you to cross from your point A to point B. Why are you failing in your life? Because there are things that have been entangled in your life. Why are you not being able to grow in your spiritual life? Because there are things that have blurred the vision that is in front of you. You can't see Christ Jesus in His holiness. You have lost the focus. You have just changed your mind to settle down in Haran. And God does not want us to do that. He wants us to trek and be a pioneer in this race. And to reach where Christ Jesus enabled and wanting us to be in. In this journey. Don't settle in Haran. 
that's not the place for us as a child of God. Canaan is the place. When I talk about Canaan, Canaan is not the so-called Israel right now. I mean, a lot of people think that we go to Israel, we go to heaven. No, 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 that is not the heaven. Heaven is there. I don't know if it is there or here, wherever, but heaven is there, right? Heaven is there. Heaven is there. When we, when, we, when we close our eyes here, our hope is that when we, the next moment when our eyes are open, we will be in the heavenly rooms with our glorious God Almighty. Canon is what is promised. And what is promised should be where our eyes are fixed to. Let's look into another scripture portion real quick right now. Matthew chapter 14, verse 28 to 31. Matthew chapter 14, verse 28 to 31. It's a beautiful scripture portion, but I love this guy called Peter. I love Peter. Such a favorite character of mine. I love Peter here. Matthew chapter 14, verse 28 to 31. Peter looks into Jesus and says, Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come onto the water. If it is you, the human neon angle. Praise the Lord. Just a few scriptures above that. When they saw their own Lord walking in the water, they were all scared. They said, it is Budama. This is ghost. And that is the real story of most of our Christians too. I mean, honestly, I, was, I, I have always thought about this. Just think with me, okay? When you're praying tonight at 9 o'clock, when you are having your personal prayer, right? All of a sudden, an angel of the Lord comes down in your room. <laughs> what is going to be our situation? Will we know that it's the angel of the Lord? Or will we like the disciples who call out, oh, it's the ghost out there. That we don't even recognize and know who our Savior is. He walked with them. They could not identify his walking postures. They're like, oh, who is this ghost coming and approaching us? But as they got closer, when Peter looked at Jesus, and Jesus said, do not be afraid. I am the one who you see. And Peter replied, Lord, if it is you, if it is you, I want to get into. I want to walk. Now, that is the thing that you have to understand. A lot of us are drowning in our world today because we are following something else other than Jesus Christ. We are drowning in the given scenarios and lifestyles of our lives because our eyes have just shifted. It's for, I mean, that's what we see in the scriptures. Have you read that portion? Jesus said, it's me, come out. And Peter just got out. Oh my Lord, it is you. I want to walk in water and become the next person after Jesus. The second man ever to walk on water after Jesus. I can claim that title. Peter was so excited. He wanted to do what Jesus was doing. And he wanted to just follow Jesus. But what happened? Now, when we look into the scripture here, verse 29, come, he said, then Peter got down on the boat, walked on the water, came towards Jesus. Verse 30, but when he saw the wind, and that is the struggle of most of our family, but when he saw the wind, but when he saw the struggle, but when he saw that his friends were ditching, but when he saw his friends were not working the way he thought, but when all of these scenarios turned against he lost his focus and he looked at the wind that was more powerful in his life at that point. Bible says he started drowning. Why? Because of that but moment in his life. 
that gap in between the verses when he thought that nothing will ever help me here. I have lost the hope. He looked around the wind and Bible says the moment he looked around the wind, he started drowning. He started drowning. And my question to our church this morning is, are you drowning? Are you walking? Are you drowning or are you walking? If you are drowning, the answer is simple from the scriptures. You have lost your focus. You have taken your eyes off Jesus. Get your focus back. And if you can do that, you will walk on the waters. The promise keeper. Oh, our way maker. He will make sure that you will cross over and get to Canaan. Why? Because he is the one who is the way maker of our life. He is the one who is a promise keeper of our life. And he will help you overcome any given situations of our life. Peter looked around. And a lot of us are looking around today. You are not called to look around. You are called to look at Jesus Christ. Oh, Christu will like you know, can Christ. The glory of His radiance will help you to cross over. Where are you stuck today? Are you stuck in Haran? Look at Jesus. Canaan is waiting. Canaan is waiting for you. For Peter, can I have the worship team? For Peter, it was the challenge that he had to overcome to fix his eyes on Jesus. He had to take away his eyes away from the wind and the given scenarios that was troubling him in that point. And if that is our story, can we all stand up? If that's our story today, I'm going to encourage our church, look back onto the saving grace of Jesus Christ. He is the one who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He is the one who takes the complete control and he's the in charge of the world. And he's the one who is the way maker. He's the one, he's not a troublemaker, he's a way maker. What are the promises that He has kept in your life? I say the biggest promise is not the education or the wealth that you will. Let that promise be now blurred in your life as we look to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Let us know to leave everything that hinders this walk in Christ. Leave it behind. Leave it behind. That does not help you to grow. Leave it behind. That does not help you to walk. Leave it behind. That does not help you to win. Leave it behind. That does not help you to run this race with perseverance. Leave it behind today. And declare to the Lord, Lord, help me. Help me as a family. Help me as an individual. Help me as a church. That we will leave behind what was not meant to be with us. And move forward where the Lord is asking us to step out in faith. He is the promise keeper. He is the way maker. He is the one who is leading us.